1: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your job's more visibility at indeed.com/match. Just go to indeed.com/match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. indeed.com/match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm
2: hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> Probably like getting grade ten sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether you know, there's two types of turds: you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean, um, we're we're we are about players and players playing the plays, and not necessarily the plays.
3: Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. Very excited this week. We've got uh, friends of the pod back on the guys from the Go Big Redcast who. Honestly, like the way you guys are growing, the guests you guys have had, like, this is this is the most entertaining Husker podcast that I listen to. So I guess congrats. Like, good job on being good. And also thank you for coming on to my podcast. It's great to talk to you guys again.
4: Yeah, cool.
2: Thanks for having us on. And uh, it's fun to to do this, be on this end of StreamYard now. We're always the host and to be on the other end of this. And and uh it's cool to see Ah, uh, the Varsity
1: Club now uh, doing the video stuff too. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm just happy because this is the first time anyone's actually wanted to talk to me. Usually, people are trying to get out of talking to me. So,
3: and this is this is. I cool. guess I guess I should have said at the beginning. I got I I got Rob and I got Honky. Oh. that's who, that's who we've got on on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yep. okay. Well, I have messed up. So this is <laughs> this is why you guys are better. This is why you guys. It's funny because we were talking off pod about how like you guys are, are enjoying doing some of the live shows that you've done, which have been mm-hmm. entertaining um, because if somebody messes up, like you don't, you don't edit it out and talking about sort of the editing process mm-hmm. when you're not doing a live show. And I was thinking about it and I was like, well, now that we're doing this on video as well, there's not really a ton of editing that can be done. If you like flub something up, there is a, a clip that will live in, infamy at least in my house uh for this podcast and and my producer cam is probably laughing in the background and greg would probably laugh when he hears it of my wife crawling through the background right there (laughs) and it's amazing and i sent the video to her and she started laughing at work and it's going to be a video that we're going to show everybody until the end of time so um flubs on this podcast are going to become a thing just as me screwing up people's names um i've got you guys here today because i kind of want to get a feel for where you're at exiting the spring period as we move into the summer months with Nebraska. And I actually want to start with this best case, worst case scenario thing that 247 Sports is doing with all the conferences. And I don't know if you guys saw this or not. It doesn't matter. I'm going to read it to you. They're going best case, worst case scenario records for each team in the conference for Nebraska, best case scenario, nine and three, seven and two in the conference play. Worst case scenario, six and six. And that's the one that's interesting to me. Worst case scenario for Nebraska with all the change that's going on, still making a bowl game, still posting what would be the best record of the Scott Frost era so far. Are you guys in a similar place? Because that that to me feels like optimism about what's coming. Like, even if it's worst case scenario, things go poorly. It doesn't go according to plan. They're still making a bowl game based on, I would assume, talent. Based on, uh, you, you know, I guess the Mark Whipple effect. Um, are you guys in a similar spot, or are, are you? I guess where are you at right now as we sit, as we kind of head into these summer months? Honky, we'll start with you. Uh, you know, we had a uh, Craig Doman on a couple weeks ago, JoJo's dad, and he's the, the
2: agent. And he kind of did a best case, worst case thing with JoJo in the draft, and I, I think it applies to this. Uh, he said, you know, best case scenario, I think we he can go in the third round. He goes, you know, the 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 bottom, the the worst case is sixth round. That's all the information I have. And then he goes, and in reality, the worst case is he doesn't get drafted at all. I kind of apply that same thing right now. I, I mean, best case, I'm going to say 12 and 0. We can go 12 and 0. There's your there's your absolute best case. I'm not putting any cap on it, right? Worst case is six and six. Okay, sure, I agree with that. And in reality, worst case can be three and nine again. You know, I mean, if you if we don't do the things right, uh, if we don't clean up the things that caused us to lose nine games by single digits and eight games by one score and and put up 239 points in in Big Ten play and give up 239 points, you know, break even, and yet we went one and eight. If we don't clean up those things, then we can go three and nine again. But we have the talent. To go eight and four, nine and three, I, I think, and then if you get a couple of plays going your way, and if we outcoach a team here or there too, I mean that's possible too. And we, and it feels like it's been a while. That Illinois game was a rough one to start last season. We lost Mac off the show, and he's come back a couple of times now, but but we lost him, and that was a tough one to to lose that game. And and afterwards, you know, uh, you, you know, we had the whole thing with uh, oh they came out in a four man front and all this. And we didn't know how to adapt. That's just that's the kind of stuff that you know. That's got to be fixed now, and the Whipple effect. Hopefully, and, and getting some guys that have that kind of experience in there. We we can't have any more of the, those things. If we do,
1: I don't know what the worst case scenario could be. Rob, how about you? Where are you at? So I fan a little bit differently than a lot of fans out there, um, and I know that if you if you follow my Twitter handle at Redcast Rob, you you you'd see like I have Redcast Rob fifteen and zero, and I, like a picture is of me in Husker gear breaking through a wall with a jug of Kool-Aid and I'm like the Kool-Aid guy right but the reality is this is that like I have always been the kind of fan that goes into every single game with the mindset that this is why the team I'm rooting for can win this game right like that's every single game it doesn't matter if it's Ohio State it doesn't matter if it's you know Michigan State it doesn't matter like if it's Northwestern in game one, it, it doesn't matter. It's a, every single week, I'm exact same thought. And so for me, I mean, I look at the schedule and I go, there's no reason why this year couldn't be 15-0. And I know people laugh at that, but that's just because that's my mindset is like, okay, here's a reason why we could win every game on this schedule. Realistically, I mean, I would say that the floor in my head of and my expectations would be four losses total on the season. I mean, that's, you know, I'm looking at it as like that would be that. And so obviously we'd go to a bowl game and the bowl game would count as one of those losses. And when I look at the schedule, here's a game that realistically we could lose, but here's why we could win it. I mean, that's just that's just the way that I think about it. I mean, it doesn't matter if I'm if it's professional football, college football. So so
2: realistic, but realistically, you think eight and four is the floor? I think
1: think eight and four is the floor. Looking at the schedule, you're going to be in rare company with that thought. I am. And, <laughs> and I that's fine. And people can call me out on it all they want, but um, it's too early. I mean, you're asking like what our views are coming out of spring and my view and Honky and I went to the spring game together. And, and my view on the spring game was that like, there's nothing to see here. Let's just get together and be a big, huge Husker family again. Like that's what that was about. It it wasn't about football that weekend. It was all a bunch of second stringers and a bunch of guys who'll probably get very little playing time throughout the year. There's a ton of guys that aren't even on campus yet that are, that are, you know, we, that we have yet to see. And this is one of those years in the past before we said, well, they're not on campus for the spring game. They don't exist. Well, this is one of those years where, you know, a lot of these guys are going to exist. Both of our kickers, I think our punter and our kicker, um, or potential punter, I should say, aren't even on campus yet. No, we'll the, be punter was, the, the punter year. was here in spring ball, but uh, well, well, mean, they got another guy coming in too, though, right? Yeah. Like, the kicker uh, is coming in. And, yeah, and just to and your then, point. Yeah, yeah.
2: The, the, the transfer portal changes things because these guys can be immediate play guys yeah. much more than in the past when we've said, if somebody wasn't there during spring ball, that, that guy, you know, it's hard to see him playing next year. It, it, like, you know, Mathis, O'Shawn Mathis, it's hard to see somebody who hasn't been here in spring ball playing next year. Well, I don't see that with, with Mathis or Drew. Those guys are being brought in. This is free agency and they're being brought in to be immediate contributors, if not starters.
3: Yeah, in a sense, there is a little bit of uneasiness on my part with a situation like that, because I still you know, I'm just a big like continuity and football guy. And so mm-hmm. there's still like a part of me that's like, if you're showing up in July and you know, you've got a month and a half, like I know they get stuff early before they even get to campus, but like you know, we'll see the transfer portal has definitely changed things in that regard where we'll see like how quickly guys can get ramped up and how quickly teams will, will, will be sort of who they are. Like, I Mm -hmm. wonder, you know, we see teams that, that sort of grow into themselves as the season moves along every single year. And they're a little bit more, not vanilla, but they're more vanilla early on in the season than they are later in the season, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wonder if the sort of, The process by which they grow through the year is going to be expanded by just having, you know, so many players that show up in the summer months from the transfer portal and things like that. That's one thing that I'm curious about.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card...
4: Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made
0: it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel? It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.comslash with Amex. The NBA finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard: BMW, the ultimate driving machine.
3: Um, let's offensive line. You feel good, bad, uneasy? Um, wait and see. You guys are you guys are optimistic, which I appreciate. So, are you optimistic on the offensive line?
1: I. I well, that's hard too, because there's so much, there were so many injuries for the spring game. How are you supposed to judge off that? And I think even in the, when I talked with uh Carriker the other day, you know, he made some really good points in that, you know, a lot of these guys are second strings and the interior of the line, the depth on the interior of the line, he said, he wasn't worried about. And that was actually something honky. And I agree with, because we talked about it at the game. We talked about it after the game we talked about it on the show. Um, you know the out, the the bookends that those are the ones where the big question marks are going to be. But at the same time, you know they're still playing around with that. They've got a new offensive line coach, and they had guys out with injuries, so it's really hard to to know yet, right? I mean that's that's going to be the big question. And and you know God forbid we have to run the ball a bunch because we've got some great running backs in there. So if the interior of the line is good and they have to run the ball more often than they plan to, I mean Honky's going to be happier than than ever so
2: yeah I'm comfortable with Hickson at center um you know always would have been nice to have Jergens back but hard to com- you know complain about someone going 51st in the draft he made the right <laughs> move um but Hickson I think can be a solid center there we talked with Kevin Williams uh back in Rob did back in February before spring and I I think that we felt really solid about him and I think he's going to be you know, if he's not in the top five, he's going to be your sixth guy. He's going to be a swing guard at the very least. Williams would be a would be a player out there, but um,
3: you know, Prochaska, Prochaska, dang, I think dang, keep calling him Prochaska, Prochaska. I um, do that so that I make sure I spell his name correctly. That's my little, that's my thing in my head that I do that because it's phonetically and that I spell the name correctly. Mm-hmm. And I always do the same thing that you just did. I got to catch myself before I say it out loud.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm notorious for just botching guys' names, but. uh but Prohaska and, and Corcoran are your two best guys, and to Rob's point, they weren't playing in the spring. Um, but, you know, I, I have no doubt that they will be healthy and ready to go by fall. Prohaska is a, 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 more than a solid left tackle. That right tackle spot, you know, gosh, can Ben Hart ever take that over? I've heard people say he could move into guard. That feels weird to me. Maybe maybe he is, but that's a 6'9 guard. It's just does guard. It yeah. just doesn't – And but if you're moving him in there because he doesn't have the foot speed – uh, on his drop, you know, as, as a right tackle, I don't know that that translates well over to guard either. But regardless, I mean, they've got some players to go through. That Hunter Anthony, um, uh, the transfer from Oklahoma State, didn't sound like, you know, in spring ball at least, it didn't sound like he made the, the huge step forward, like, you know, hoping that he just took over one of those, you know, the tackle spots. If they did that, then Corcoran could easily move into a guard or, or you know, kind of play around there too. So I don't know. We haven't seen anything with transfer portal. If there's one more guy coming in. You know, we just named six, seven, eight guys that I think they can they can go through, but um, yeah, I don't I don't know that uh, you know that's not the strength right now for sure, and uh, there's there's
3: concerns. That's fair, and that makes it really interesting to talk about the offense because, like you mentioned, Rob, a pretty nice running back room. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey Thompson was was a starter for Texas, played yeah. well for Texas. They've got pieces. Um But, you know, for years, that offensive line has been the thing that that has been questioned and continues to be questioned. And now it has a new offensive line coach who is a relatively newer coach. I'm curious what your guys' reaction was when Dylan Riola committed to Ohio State. Were you like I, the masses on Twitter that were like, why did we hire the coach that we hired <laughs> if this was just going to be the, the case? Or were you like, well... Ohio State gets another elite prospect.
1: Well, when we had Benning on, I mean, we pretty much knew after that show that he probably wasn't coming to the Huskers. Um, And I think that so my reaction to that was just like, oh, well, I mean, it it happened. And, you know, he he picked Ohio State. And, you know what, he's also got, what, two more years left of high school. So we mm-hmm. still have two years to flip him if we if we try really hard. Maybe Nebraska starts to win. Because, again, winning changes a lot of things in a lot of different programs. I, I don't know how many times people have to say that
3: over and over and over again. But, you know. It's also, have, sorry, not to interrupt you, no, it's also fine. a baseline for adding a five-star quarterback. Like yes, yeah, it is. a ba- Like, it's not, you're not going to get a guy just because his his uncle played at his relative played at the school. Like you mm. have to be a winning program to get yeah. to a guy. Sorry. Continue. Well,
1: and Osborne Osborne made a really good point too, you know, cause he makes those once in a while. Um, but you know, it's kind of like turning into uh, uh, college football is turning into like a free agency game now too. And so you get these kids, whether they're still in high school or even in the transfer portal, and they're going to want to go while they already want to go where they're going to win there's a lot of things outside that are starting to become a little bit more and more enticing for these kids as well. And Ohio state is a premier program right now. And if you're a five-star quarterback and Ohio state wants you, you're going to go there. I, I, same with like Alabama, I would say Clemson, you know, Nebraska is, you know, while we have the tradition, we need to win and there's yeah, nothing, there's nothing around that.
2: I don't see anything systemic in it. This is where, you know, sometimes on Twitter and, and imagine that it gets a, uh, you know, a little toxic on there sometimes. I, I've seen people try to create this into more than it is. Something systemically wrong. How did we not get Rayola? How are we in it with him right now? We're 3-19 yeah. and 19 going for the number one player in the country. Really, the only reason um, on paper that even makes sense that he was looking at us would have been the family ties, right? Yeah. Uh, we... You know, in the last since Frost has been here, Ohio State has sent three quarterbacks to the NFL. It makes sense, but to Rob's point, there's a lot of thing, a lot of things that will happen between now and December of 2023 when he signs. Anyways, it's the least of the concerns that I have right now because we just brought in two quarterbacks from the portal, Purdy and Thompson. We already have a 2023 quarterback, um, so I'm not worried about Dylan Rail and and what happens in December 2023. We have two entire football seasons that are going to happen between now and then. We need to win games. If we win games, things can change. If we send a quarterback like Thompson to the pros that can change games or change things. and who the heck knows you know Ohio State Ryan Day could be taking off and being the head coach of the you know some team in the NFL or something by then too. I mean there's so many things that'll change between now and December 2023. My focus as a fan
1: is Northwestern
2: August and not having a start to the season
1: like we experienced last year in Champaign. Yes. And let's not forget too. And one name you left off was Torres. I mean, that's a kid that like he's injured sure. right? Heinrich. Yeah. I mean, you watch that kid's highlights out of, out of high school too. And I mean, he, who knows what he's going to be like in two years, right? Three years. So, you know, even that, let's just say riola probably took a look at our quarterback room with Purdy still going to be there with Torres on the come up, you know, we got, you wow. know, Heinrich, like, you don't know, like you look at that quarterback room and there's a good chance with this coaching staff when they're still there, because we're going to have a winning season these guys are all going to be developing and these and he's gonna have yeah. to compete.
2: Rayola hard. didn't so,
1: Rayola didn't not pick us because of competition. He I, I'm, I'm making a joke. Rayola's you know, number one picking,
2: you know, number one guy, right? Yeah. Um, Ohio State played it right. And they went out there and said, hey, look, we're not even going after a 2023 guy. We had our uh Watson, we had our guy at spring ball, you know, at the spring game with Rayola there. So um, and, and you're not trying to hide it. I mean, look, you're going to compete wherever you go. You'll compete at Nebraska. And, and again, we just need to win games. If we win games, then, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not worried about December 2023.
3: What I am secretly hoping for, um, and this would just be a hilarious, it would just be wonderful if it happens, is if he just pulls a Quinn Ewers and, and does the exact, reclassifies <laughs> and rolls early, gets a year of NIL money, and then goes somewhere else. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I'm rooting for. I, that's chaos, and I would like to see that more often, especially at at with quarterback recruiting. Well, I hear at Ohio State they've worked tattoos into the NIL deals too. So. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, that's just—it's been a very interesting kind of subplot for me over the last week to kind of watch because it just—I get the sense that there's just a lot of skepticism about the merits of the offensive line coach. And, you know, that was something that, that was brought up whenever he was hired. And I haven't, I mean, I haven't asked Frost this question. I'm just guessing, I don't know, but I'm going to assume that he didn't hire the offensive line coach that he hired because of that person's last name. And because he thought that it would lead to a recruit committing to them that wouldn't play for them yeah. for another two or three years. I, you know, I, I think it was Greg that I had on my podcast whenever the news happened first. And, and, I, I, we both were like he obviously brought some fresh ideas to the interview, crushed the interview, and Frost was really excited about his his energy and his enthusiasm for coaching the position. I mean, he's been in the NFL, he's a mm-hmm. qualified coach. Um, that offensive line group, I'm very curious to see what happens, and I don't think that you know. Dylan Riola not committing to Nebraska somehow says that Nebraska's offensive line coach was the wrong choice or any of the other. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I, said
1: it, I said it like a week ago too, like Caleb Benning, another, you know, I mean, it's it's Damon Benning's son. And even Damon was just like, if my son doesn't commit to Nebraska, it's not because because of that. It's just he's always chosen his own path. He went to he, – he literally chose a different high school than the one his dad was coaching at and made his dad quit coaching high school for a couple of years so he could, like, watch his son play. Like, you know, I mean, that's – like that's just the thing is that like these kids are, they make their choices because that's what they want to do. And their parents who are are people, they're real people. They're not just going to sit there and tell their kid, you do what I want you to do. The reason why these kids become as successful as they are at a lot of sports, most of the time is because, you know, they're not all Todd Marinovich, you know, where the dad's like overbearing coaching dad, right? Like most of these parents just want their kids to be successful and support them in any choices they make. And so regardless of where, Uncle, you know, Uncle Dylan, or not Uncle Dylan, but Uncle Rayo wants you to go, like, that's... That's not something I don't think that plays yeah. into a lot of these kids' heads. Like,
2: yeah, Rayola, Re- I mean, to go back to what his credentials were coming here, to have a guy that had you know, a three-year starter at Wisconsin, knows the the conference well in that regard. He's a Chicago guy with the Bears and, and has already – there's some recruiting in- inroads that have happened within the, the footprint of the Big Ten. The style of play. I mean, when we talked to Kevin Williams, Kevin Williams talked about how um, and this is before spring ball, and he's like, "You're going to like the style." And this is back to aggressive football. All the and you heard last year that some of the rift that Frost would have had with Austin on just simply not agreeing on the same style of of O line play, and this gets into a zone blocking versus you know man scheme and all that, or gap blocking, but but that this is more aggressive, we're pushing guys off the the line, Bob Sledge, the. Dad of uh, Sam Sledge, former Husker offense lineman, he talked about how every drill they're doing or ten yard pushing drills. I mean, you're moving guys, and so that's the reason why you bring you know Donovan Rail in, and and you know it was gravy if we can get his nephew, and maybe we still can sometime down the road, but uh, we need to see we need to see wins, and uh, we need to be getting into those best case scenarios of wins, and and then we can talk about you know getting Rayola and. Recruits like that.
3: Lots, lots can still change. And yeah, you know if we learn anything from the Oshawn Mathis situation, it's that Nebraska can recruit in yep. high-profile battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah this wouldn't be the first case. Said,
2: yeah, he even said yeah, it wouldn't I be the first good. time a high bat, you know, high-ranked uh, recruit flips at some point. I mean, I'm not. I I, I hope the kid the best. Where if he ends up at Ohio State or wherever, I'm not. I'm not. You know, necessarily wanting him to. You know, I, I don't wish anything poorly. there. it's just sometimes you know you're not going to get every kid and and. Uh, I, we just need to focus on this season really my, my imagination
5: i want to tell you a story it's a story about a scandal broken relationships gossip rumors money corporate rivalry and a broom a performance enhancing broom my name is john cullen
4: People have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Awards only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com.
3: If it if it says anything, it just says that Nebraska is. It, it says where Nebraska is at. So what Nebraska now gets to answer over these next six seven months is which direction it's going from where it's at. So my question for you guys: What direction is the program trending? Is it sort of are, are you just kind of in like we're stable right now? Wait and see what happens in the season. Do you think that this program? You know, I had Greg on last week. We were really excited about the Oshawn Mathis situation. I was really excited about that get. I think it says a lot about Nebraska's sort of brand recognition, about Nebraska's power, about Nebraska's ability to recruit in this sort of NIL environment. I was really excited about the addition. It feels like it was a, a shot in the arm for the program, and it can start to trend a little bit in the right direction and compete in some of those kinds of the recruiting battles. Do you guys? think that this is a program trending up right now, trending down? Or you just like, I don't want to do any of this. I hate all of your questions. We just <laughs> got to wait no. until the football season.
2: I think it's 100% to me, it's trending up. And it's it's going to continue to trend up uh, until Ireland. And then everything can change in one game. If if that game we have to win. Um, and the same thing would have been said last offseason, going into that Illinois game. It's so important to win that first one. But right now you go back to the end of October and that was a real, for me, a down point. I, I I wasn't doing much with the show anymore at that point. I wanted to, I, I didn't know what the future was going to be. There were plenty of people very loud saying that, you know, we need to blow everything up, fire frost, do the, you know, start over again. And they made valid points. I'm not, I wasn't one of those people. That's not the, the route I wanted. The route I wanted to see is what ended up happening which was some changes need to be happened. But we were already number two in the country since 2010 in dead money. We, we we've, have tried to fire our way out of enough things in the past and start over, and you're paying millions and millions and millions. And I think Trev couldn't have handled this better. And what he's done now is he's given Frost another lease, and he's giving him a chance to start over without completely starting over. We still have the defensive coaches intact. We have an offense that um, – can take some of the best things that, that we've been doing under him with the run game. We bring in a guy that has the experience of Whipple for the past game. Uh, I, I can't believe I, I'm shocked at the quarterbacks we got. I thought we were going to get nothing but drop back QBs the second we got Whipple here. And that's not what I want to see for us to get Purdy and Thompson guys that have some dual threat to them. I think that's an absolute, you know, that's a game changer with, with the offense. Um, now we just, it, it, we got to win games. I mean, there's, I'm not, I'm not giving any excuses there, but everything that they're doing right now, to me, a trajectory is going up, but that's, uh, there's been, that's been that way for four years too. There's so many times where I'm like, Hey, we, we got these recruits. We got these walk-ons, the strength and conditioning is going, and you know, we got the nutrition going, all the things I want to see we're doing we get to the games and we punt to the wrong side, or we, you know, we have penalties that, that, you know, just, you know, before we play our first play against Oklahoma, it's first and 20, cause we have two pre-snap penalties. We keep getting in our way, mm-hmm. Don't do that this year. Stop that. That's what the staff and, and these, these experienced coaches are, are coming in to, to change. And if we do that, we're going to win some games. And, and that trajectory,
1: I think, is going to keep moving that way. So I feel like the off season, the trajectory is up. And to Honky's point, right now, from now until August, it's going to be a flat line. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to add a couple guys that may move it up a little bit. Um, obviously guys that want to go into the transfer portal now have to like get permission and all this other stuff. So I'm not too worried about that, you know, but you know, the, we still need to get the roster down, I think to the correct it's number it, of scholarships at right? right now. So anybody that we gain requires somebody else to leave, to leave now. And, and that's and okay. So, and I know we still want to add a couple of guys from, from the transfer portal on the defensive line and we'll wait and see what happens there. But at this point, it's just going to be a flat line that goes, right up to the game in August, Um, you know, they're going to get off that plane in Ireland and I will on the following Sunday, we'll know.
2: And and there are things in between now and then though, too, just today, uh, Mickey Joseph and Travis Fisher sent out a really cool video on, on social media and it's promoting Friday night lights. And it was really cool. You know, come, Hey recruits, come here on June 3rd, come here on June 17th, Friday night lights. We've been there before. Micah Parsons came here that one year and and, you know, Memorial Stadium, they'll put seven, eight thousand people in there. And there, there are moments along the way um, for trajectory to go up, good things to happen even before that game. But the point is, that game is right now. The games are everything um, you I can be. You can be a positive Husker fan in the offseason and feel like things are going in the right direction. And at the same time, also say, but none of it matters if we come back from Ireland with an L. We just th- that can't. It can happen, but it can't. We can't let that happen. Yeah. Nebraska can't let that happen. If it happens, I mean that season, it it's so hard to come back from that. And so it's not. I'm not sitting there trying to put extra pressure on on the guys for cripe's sakes. It's just this is a team you just and this is a team that we beat fifty six to seven last year. They'll have a fifty six seven motivation against us. Three win team. Be you want to talk to me, Derek, no. you mentioned continuity and you know, look at Northwestern. I mean, that's something that's a bedrock under under Fitzgerald, and and he's a you know, he's a great coach. And but if you're just simply going solely off of talent and all that, yeah, Nebraska should beat those guys. We should beat them more times than not. And we've lost a lot of games to them and sometimes in crazy ways and ways that you shouldn't, because we make the mistakes and the other team doesn't. We need to stop making the mistakes. That's yeah. that's to me the a number one most important takeaway period of all the changes over the offseason. We have to stop
3: making mistakes. Random aside and then I've got one last question for you. If I was running Nebraska social, I'm not I'm not going to tell them how to do it, but I would want as much Travis Fisher and Mickey Joseph content as I could possibly have. Those mm-hmm. guys would, I, I don't, they don't feel like the kind of people that would love to just be sitting in front of a camera all day, like recording a bunch of stuff to be blasted on a social. No, but if I they, they want to be out recruiting. Yeah. If I could get them to just give me as much content as possible, like it would just be gold. Like they are, mm-hmm. they resonate with this generation so well and the kind of players in Nebraska once so well. Two of my favorite coaches that I've ever seen, been around, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah. So okay. So as you're sort of talking about should beat Northwestern, can't lose to Northwestern, more talented than Northwestern. We feel like we're trending up. We feel good about where we're at now. Um, we gotta we gotta we gotta win some games. We feel good about mm-hmm. where we're at now, but we gotta win some games. Just as I'm listening to you guys talk, I'm getting flashbacks to a year ago and the year before that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this sort of discourse is similar and that's, I mean, that's going to happen when you continue to sort of lose games the way that Nebraska's lost games, but Mm -hmm. a lot of the discourse is similar. They're doing well in the off season. They've hit some of the right notes. They've done things that people wanted to see them do. We got to win games. So does this feel different? Do you feel differently now than you did a year ago?
2: Um, I feel differently only in the sense that there's some different people involved now. I mean, it's, okay. a, it, it's different personnel in the field. It's, it's Thompson versus Martinez. It's, you know, different coaches. But at the end of the day, the thing that isn't different is that and I always try to stay away from record talk, you know, are we going to go six and six or eight and four or 10 and two and too many people, they, they, they think they're really smart and they can figure out, you know, preseason records and we prognosticate. And it's like, whatever you know what i don't know how you could predict last season because last season was historically strange in so many ways and i mean historic that team never should have gone three and nine you've seen college football matrix out there on on uh, on social media have the graph that showed all the dots and they did five thousand simulations on what that team should have done last year and we had a better shot of going or we had an equal shot of going 11 and one as we did four and eight and we went three and nine.
3: It was statistically and improbable. It was, yeah, it was, it
2: was statistically impro- against Michigan state. How, if you were basing a game off of, off of goals, you know, you want to hold Walker to so many yards. You want to, the defense held him to 13 yards total, the entire second half or whatever. And we punt it to the wrong side. And, and, and that's not the only thing that lost the game for us offensively, how, you know, we needed to be able to capitalize more times than we did. I mean, there were, we've got to cut out. We make mistakes at times that are absolutely killers, we make game-changing mistakes. We had 46 points last year scored against us in non-traditional ways, unconventional ways, not against our defense. 46 points. Well, you start to add that up, and you have nine games that are lost by single digits and eight games by by one score or less, and that's those are NCAA records, never have happened before. Those 46 points matter. And every single time that you're catching a punt in the end zone and throwing it over your head for safety and getting a field goal or an extra point blocked against OU that gets returned for two points and you're you're fumbling the ball for a touchdown, you're throwing interceptions for touchdowns, you've, you're getting your punts blocked for touchdowns, you're, you're kicking off against Wisconsin having a touchdown, punt returns for a touchdown, it's, it's just we got to stop doing that. And if we don't, we'll be we'll be in bad shape again. But that's where I, I guess I feel good about special teams. I feel great about Bill Bush being in there and the attention that he's going to give to that. I think that we're going to see a, a much better performance on that element of the field. And, um, I, you know, really the the one side that's not getting a lot of discussion because of, uh, you know, the, the staff is all back, but really a lot of the, the changes happen is on the defense. And there's legitimate concern that, you know, hopefully we can replace all the guys that are, have left that are going pro and playing there and, you know, that we can make those replacements. Cause I, I like the scheme. I like some of the things that they're doing there on, on defense. And done a great job.
1: What personnel. was the question again? I'm sorry. Honky was so long winded there. Right?
3: You're fine. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what, what, what feels different? I, I was curious if okay. you were going to say don't. the personnel, the personnel changes, is what is what so, makes it feel different.
1: So, yeah. So, I mean, for me personally, and, and, It is the personnel changes on the offensive side of the ball, the coaches that they brought in, all of them feel like upgrades. And I don't know how I couldn't give you like the minute details as to why, but a lot of things feel like upgrades and it feels like the quality of the kids that they're bringing in, especially with Joseph and his recruiting. um, You know, it just feels different. It feels better to me. Like it, it, it it feels like, you know, every if you look at the resume of every single coach that they brought in this year, you know, there's like either NFL experience, um, championship experience, something along those lines that, you know, brings in a winning attitude. And you can hear the coaches talk like Joseph, when you hear interviews with him and he's talking about how like, oh, you want to play wide receiver for me? You're going to play special teams. You're going to be working really hard. Oh, you think you're the best guy that we brought in? No, you're not. You're just as good as every other kid on there, you know, on the field right now, just because you had more stars in this kid or better stats in high school than this kid, you're still competing for that position. And every single kid knows this coming in with him. And yet they're still here, which means to me that they want to put in the work. And it feels different in that respect. And I think I'm going to, what I could go on and on and make a longer answer. I'm just going to leave it right there at that.
3: Yeah, that's, that's, you know, I agree, In the same space as you guys. So, um, Honky, the uh, the basement sort of man cave Nebraska area that you got going on is excellent. Um, I love it. that is Trev Alberts' face, right? That's Trev Alberts right there. Or who is that? That's um, me. Right? That's Rob. What, you? Yeah, that's Rob. That's what? his. That's his cutout from you uh, Trev Alberts from a distance. Well, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment because oh, he's a
1: handsome just, man. man. He's a handsome man.
3: So uh, he's, he,
1: he might be younger than me, but he's a handsome man.
3: I, I guess you might have to shave for it, but maybe there's a Halloween costume idea for you.
1: Uh, maybe, but I live in Colorado, so people wouldn't get that. Oh, you would much. probably yeah. get
3: eggs thrown at you. Yeah, I
1: probably would. Yeah. The, uh... <sighs> Yeah, I, I, it was funny. I sent Honky a picture of me, like, dressed up in this red and white apron with a chef's hat on. And I was like, I'm going to send this in for a cutout. And he's like, please do. You know, please do. I mean, we were all, like, in the, like, you know, half a bottle of whiskey a night pandemic phase, right? And so I took that in my kitchen one night and sent it in. And sure enough, they're like, this is great. Like, 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 this is awesome. We can't wait to put this in the stands. And then they stuck me, like, way in the back. And yeah.
3: Nice. I saw a, uh, I saw a stadium ranking um, for the Pac-12 the other day that had Colorado as the best stadium in the Pac-12, and I thought, if you like views, I guess sure. I've mm-hmm. been to that stadium. I would not say that it's the best stadium. Of, of, uh, I I love it for the
1: Dead um, and Company shows. I'll be there in next month. Uh, June, view, views June are great. Seventeenth and eighteenth, man, great. and the sunsets and with the Dead playing in the background is one of the best venues around. But I views mean. For, for for football, I mean the people there are just horrible people. It's a good thing there's, it's a good thing there's so many Husker fans when they play there because I think fans I, are not. Great. They control
3: the stadium that way.
1: Yeah,
2: so, yeah, yeah. We were there in nineteen. That was that was great. I, I would think Autzen Stadium would be right up there at the top of the Pac twelve. I mean for.
1: Those I, the mean, things I went to first. I like Memorial. I like the Berkeley stadium at the, the views in the background, the Bay, everything going on back there that they have the worst stadium in the PAC 12 is by far Stanford's uh, that I went to a world cup game there back in the nineties. And it was like, They'd it was like, it, it was like, did they rebuild it now? Cause mm-hmm. it was like wood everywhere. I haven't been there in years. I moved out here in
3: 2010, but I mean, yeah, it, that was a horrible stadium. That was a horrible stadium. End up talking. We're going to end this talking about Stanford and Cal football. (laughs) Oh, hey, you (laughs) know, know, that was the game. I mean, it's literally called the game. I mean, you know, the band is on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I'll let you guys get out of here. It was excellent to talk to you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Derek. We will be back next week with another show. In the meantime, uh, keep reading hillvarsity.com. You can use the coupon code Varsity. Go to hillvarsity.com backslash subscribe. You can get yourself signed up for Hail Varsity Premium, for the magazine, for all the Nebraska content that you could possibly hope for. Go to HailVarsity.com. You can read it. Also, listen to the Go Big Redcast. Do it. It'll make your Husker viewing experience, your Husker fandom experience better. You guys are great, and I'm not saying that just because they're sitting there staring at me on my screen. They are wonderful. Um, and listen to him. Also, shouts to Cam. We're recording this later than normal on a Thursday. Um, So shouts to him for for doing that, for being flexible, for recording and uh, helping produce this podcast every single week. Shouts to Honky and to Rob one more time and then to you guys for listening to this every single week. Appreciate you. We'll be back next week. Go Big Red. Go Big Red.
5: A Huda Media Production.